Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. In our podcast series, we are going to discuss a range of topics affecting police officers and anyone involved in the criminal justice system. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com. Hello and welcome to our latest episode of Police Law On Demand. I'm Deborah Britstone from 3D Solicitors and I'm joined today by James Berry, a barrister from Sergeants in Chambers. James, over the last year or so, there have been a number of cases reported in the media where police officers have faced misconduct proceedings because of things they've said on WhatsApp and other messaging apps. Most recently, there was a case where an officer in Sussex sent messages to members of his section, which you appeared in, James. Can you tell us about that? Yes, Deborah, I was involved in the recent Sussex case, and their um, whole section had a WhatsApp group, which is not uncommon in policing, and it was used for a mix of work-related social and humorous messages. And in what I think would be termed banter, the sergeant had shared some explicit images and got involved in some unpleasant comments about colleagues who were not part of the group. He also had failed to challenge some inappropriate comments made by the PCs on the group, and the panel found that his actions amounted to gross misconduct and gave him a final written warning. So the conversations took place on WhatsApp, which is end-to-end encrypted. So how did the contents find their way to the Professional Standards Department? That is a good question. No doubt to the officer's surprise, the WhatsApp group came to light because one of the officers in the group was arrested for an unrelated matter and his phone was seized and downloaded. That's in fact a common way in which these groups find their way to PSD. But there are, of course, other ways, including a member of the group deciding to report something um, that they're not happy with in their colleagues' messaging. Some WhatsApp groups have lots of members. So how are PSDs dealing with officers who, for instance, are in a group where inappropriate messages are sent, but they didn't send anything inappropriate themselves? I think WhatsApp groups can have up to around 250 members, and often these groups have 10, 20 or 30 police officers in them. Um, While there is no common approach, there is often a gradation. So you might have the officer who posted inappropriate material being dealt with at the level of gross misconduct, officers who actively participated in the conversation but didn't post anything inappropriate themselves, being on the borderline of misconduct and gross misconduct, and officers who did not participate at all but didn't challenge what was being said, being dealt with at misconduct or a lower level. And with those officers, it's sometimes difficult to prove whether they actually saw the messages at all. Does it make any difference if the messages never reach the public domain? I think there's an obvious difference between posting something on an open Facebook profile or an online discussion board and sending messages in a closed WhatsApp group. But misconduct panels are required to focus on the actual words used rather than on whether they reached the public domain and on how a reasonable member of the public would react to them if they learnt about them. That test comes from a case called Woolard, in the pre-WhatsApp era, when an officer sent a friend inappropriate text messages and emails um, that never reached the public domain. Police officers do have a right to a private life under Article 8, and especially when it comes to messages sent off duty. Isn't discussion on a WhatsApp group covered by Article 8? 
That's a question that the presenting and defending sides in misconduct proceedings have been grappling with for some time, but it's recently been resolved in a case called BC and the Chief Constable of the Scottish Police Service. The decision in that case was in June 2019, and the appeal was handed down just a few months ago in September. That was a case in which the contents of two WhatsApp groups came to PSD's attention due to a criminal investigation. The messages were described by the court as sexist and degrading, racist, anti-Semitic, homophobic and mocking of disability. The officers sought judicial review of the decision to bring misconduct proceedings on the grounds that it breached their Article 8 rights. And they argued essentially that this was an end-to-end encrypted uh, messaging service and a group of individuals um, with controlled access and it should be seen as part of their private life. And what was the outcome? Well, to establish interference with Article 8, you have to show that you have a legitimate expectation of privacy. And the court in BC found that the officers did not have a legitimate expectation of privacy in the WhatsApp group, essentially because there are restrictions on officers' private lives, and each of the officers in that group knew that the other officers were under a duty to challenge and report improper conduct. The court went on to find that even if Article 8 had been engaged, the interference would be a proportionate means of achieving a legitimate aim um, because of the importance of maintaining public confidence, which would be undermined by the conduct of the officers on WhatsApp. And, And all of that reasoning was upheld on appeal. So what are the consequences of that decision then? Essentially, that officers have no reasonable expectation of privacy if in their private lives they act in a way that is likely to interfere with the impartial discharge of their duties or likely to give rise to that impression amongst members of the public. So on that basis, is there any scope for Article 8 privacy arguments in WhatsApp cases after this decision? Well, it is possible to start with that the decision could be appealed to the Supreme Court, but leaving that aside, what the case did not consider was messages between very closely related people, say an officer and uh, their husband or wife. And if those messages came into the hands of PSD, it seems to me to fall much more obviously within the officer's private life in the same way that, say, pillow talk in um, a bedroom would. The problem for PSDs is that if those messages express, say, sexist or racist views in a police officer that call into question their suitability to hold the office of constable, it's very difficult to unknow them, in inverted commas. So I can see that scenario being litigated in the administrative court in the future. What tips would you give officers to avoid falling on the wrong side of one of these investigations? Four things. I think, from my experience. Um, First, that if WhatsApp messages fall into PSD's hands, they can form the basis of misconduct proceedings. There is no doubt about that. Second, that the end-to-end encrypted nature of WhatsApp provides a false comfort because it doesn't stop a member of the group copying messages or PSD obtaining them in a criminal investigation. Third, that it is very easy to get caught up in the kind of conversation you might have on a stag party 
pub crawl on WhatsApp in a way that you would not have the same conversation verbally and certainly not in a police station. And fourth, that even if you are not saying anything inappropriate yourself, you have a duty to challenge and report improper conduct. So failing to challenge and report the comments of other people, even if you don't say anything inappropriate yourself, can result in misconduct proceedings against you. So finally, what can officers do to mitigate if they do face proceedings for having sent inappropriate WhatsApp messages? That's a tricky one because the messages are there in black and white and look very embarrassing when you're sitting there in the cold light of a misconduct hearing. Whether it's technically mitigation, it can help if an officer can point to the context in which each of the messages was sent and that none of the members of the group were offended. So in the Sussex case I did recently, what probably saved the officer was that many members of the WhatsApp group came forward with witness statements saying that they were not in the least bit offended and that they were all in on the jokes and the banter. Although I have to say, in other cases, if the jokes had been, say, racist or homophobic or anti-Semitic, I doubt it would matter very much if the recipients weren't offended. Thank you, James. That's been very interesting. And there's some useful tips there for officers to consider. Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com.